Obedience, good. Well, today we're going to be talking about another word which I'm going to give you in a few. And um, last week, as we entered this series, The Unknown, we said something that I really hope you wrote down in your notes. And what we said was that the only way that we will survive the unknown is through obedience. Our sister came up here and she shared a little bit about obedience. We discussed how in Genesis chapter 12, we saw the call of Abraham, the call of God upon Abraham's life. And it was to leave everything behind, everything that he knew up to everything that his fathers knew. He was going to leave modern day modern day Iraq and modern day Turkey, Ur and Haran and he was going to go to a land that he did not know of. Really, what it means is he was going to go to a land that was unknown to him. Very important. And we stress that in verse 4 that Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. What an amazing act of obedience. That the Lord tells you to pack your bags and go and You do exactly what he says and you go to a land that is unknown to you. You do exactly as the Lord says. And once we start this journey, the unknown, once we enter it through this act of obedience and we are in it, there's but one thing that we are to do. And if you have notes, you can write this down. It is to stay committed. There is no reason to walk in obedience into the unknown. It's not like, oh, I'm going to see what this is all about. I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, I'm going to walk back out. No, it's once I'm entering it, there's only but one option, and that is I'm going to stay. I'm going to remain. I am going to be committed to this thing. Amen? Come on, marry people. Like, you didn't get married to try it out. Like, hey, I'll marry her, and um, if it doesn't work, I'll just divorce her in a year. That's not good. (laughs) The mentality is not good. Like when you walk, okay, wait, or she, when she walked down the aisle, you walked down the aisle, you gazed at each other's eyes, and you just sparkled for one another, in your mind, you looked at each other, and you said what? This is for, yeah, in the words of the classic movie, The Sandlot, for, yeah, forever. And that's what, that's what this walk is with Christ, man. It's a walk that is forever. We stay committed, and I want you to write this down. Ready? Because this is our message today. We stay committed, committed, because we are in covenant. We are in covenant. The ring on my finger doesn't mean that I'm married. It really doesn't. It's the heart that is committed to my wife, which means that I am married. Come on. Because I could easily grab this ring and... Depending where I go, I could switch it to the other hand. I could. Any of us could. But the reality of it is, is your heart, is your soul, is all of your... Lord, how do I love you? How do I love you? How do you love me? You love the Lord your God with all of your what? With all of your strength, with all of your might, with all of your strength, with all of your soul. You love me with all that's part of you. Why, God? Because you are in covenant with me. You are committed to me. Listen... Covenant, an agreement is what it means. It's a formal agreement of legal validity. It's valid. It's 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 concrete. And when there is a pact, this agreement, 
Listen, church, when, when there's a covenant that is placed by two people, it is never to be broken. And the truth is, come on, I'm sure you guys could agree with me. We live in a time where covenants are not kept. Huh? Promises are not kept. And that's the times that we live in. And if they do say they're committed, I'm, not, oh, I'm committed to this, we know very well that a lot of times when people say they are committed, it's a short-term commitment. Like, no, in Christ, there's no such thing as short-term commitments. Like, when you're in Christ, it is what? Long-term, man. It's not like, oh, I'll try it out, test it out, test the waters. It's good if I like it. I'll get it. I'll go in all the way. No, God's like, come in, baby. You walk. You, you keep looking forward. Don't look back. The, the man who puts his hand on the plow but looks back, what does the word of God say? He's not fit for the kingdom of God. You, you, you keep going. You, you stay committed. But my wife is really driving me nuts, God. Who cares? You keep going. Learn. Keep going. Love her. Humble yourself. Sacrifice. Girl, I know he's a pain, but you can It's a covenant. It's a commitment. There is no other option. Your marriage to that man or to that woman, it's not short term. Ready? Your marriage to God is no different. Just a whole lot more important. Can't can't leave God like I literally can't leave God I can't can't be broken in the unknown it's so easy to walk out of our commitments it's really hard to stay in how many of you could agree and say it is hard at times to remain to remain faithful in the unknown it's hard man it's hard for us what's hard for us not to have control that's hard any control freaks all right (laughs) this whole Christian stuff is hard for you it's hard. I like to control things. And God says, well, not this thing. This boat, I'm the captain. It's hard for us at times to control, to trust in someone else. huh? I don't trust anyone. <laughs> it's going to be hard. This whole thing is going to be hard for you. It's hard. It's hard to stay in. It's hard to, to believe in something that is being said to us even though we don't see the evidence or the results of it. That's hard, man. The whole faith thing. <laughs> Faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, to believe in something, the evidence of something that's there, but, but it's really not there. It's the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, and how do I do that? And, and i just like, I don't know. I'm on the same boat as you. I'm just learning how to do it. It's hard. This unknown, it could be difficult. Man, not only that, but like we said last week, and our sister said today, it's also strange. Some of you got a really kick out of my, calling myself strange. You really liked it throughout the week. And you really took advantage of it. But yeah, it's strange at times. It's real strange. And it's strange to the person who does not see through the eyes of faith. That's why it's strange. But if you have eyes of faith, is it really that strange? It's really not. And it could be difficult, man, to stay committed. I've seen in my life so many come. But guess what? I've seen just about what? So many what? So many go. Only a few remain. But if you ever look at those who remain, you'll notice that there's this thing about them that embraces the unknown. They're like, you're weird, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. And they just embrace the unknown. I want to look into Abraham's life a little bit more this week because I feel like we didn't cover enough last week. How many of you agree? We didn't cover enough last week. So I want to cover a little bit more. I'm going to start not towards the end, but towards the latter part, and then we're going to rewind at the end of the sermon to the beginning. But I asked you to turn to Genesis chapter 17 with me. In Genesis chapter 17, God speaks to Abram. And as he speaks to him, uh, there's a covenant that is being established here. By the way, last week's word was the word obedience. 
Guess what this week's word is? It's the word covenant. You can write that down. So we're going to talk about covenant. But there is no way that we could ever talk about covenant and not talk about, what's another word that I've been mentioning a lot? Commitment. Here we go. In Genesis 17.1, it says, When Abraham was 90 years old, sorry, I skipped nine years, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am almighty God. Walk before me, be blameless. And look what he says next in verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. It's an amazing passage as we look at verse 1, 2, and 3. There's a covenant that has been established between Abraham and God here. And God tells Abraham, he says, listen, I'm God. And not only am I just a God, like you've heard about all these different gods, but watch what God tells him. I am the what? I am the almighty God, meaning I am mightier than all those other gods. There is no other God but me. And as your almighty God, he says, I want you to start doing something. Listen to this. Walk before me. Blameless. Like, like if you're going to live this thing, you got to live blameless. you got to live righteous. You, you, let's do it right. And if you do this stuff, man, I got something for you. Verse 2 says, I'm going to make you. Everyone says he's going to make me. Yeah. What is he telling Abraham I'm going to make you? I'm going to make my covenant between me and you. But look what he says. I'm going to multiply you. Guys, guys, guys. Abraham is 99 years old. How in the world are you going to give me children and multiply me? 99, that's a serious number. He's almost 100. How are you going to multiply me from my wife's pretty old, I'm pretty old, and you said you're going to multiply me, not just, ah, I'm going to give you a few kids, but at 99 years old, you're going to tell me, I'm going to give you an exceedingly number of kids. <laughs> and Abraham said, I couldn't believe it. Verse 3, he just falls on his face. I mean, I think that's the proper, I think that's the proper place for a Christian, don't you think? At your face? Like you Christians, us Christians, me Christian, like they have problems going on our faces. We got some serious issues in our hearts. But I think this is the right place to be. Every man of God and woman of God on their faces before God. Say, yes, Lord. And he fell on his face and God begins to talk with him. What a covenant. So what 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 happened here? What happened with this covenant? Well, you get to see it in verses four through eight. In verses 4 through 8, look, look what it says here. This is God's deal. Because I'm going to break something down to you for a second. Whenever there's a covenant, check this out. Whenever there's a covenant, guess what? You never enter a covenant by yourself. That's what's beautiful about a covenant. You never enter it by yourself. Whenever you get in a covenant, uh, there's something beautiful about it. And, says, and it's this, ready? There's someone else involved in this thing. Like I love that I, I, I'm married, right? But I love that I'm not married by myself. I would divorce myself. <laughs> I'm not that easy. I'm not here to pretend the front. I could be difficult. But, pray, but praise God that in my covenant, if you look through it, there's someone on the other side that is willing to fight with me. Because there, there are times that in covenant, Nothing about me wants to fight. And I look to the other side, 
And there's a woman there that says, all right, I'll pick up then. And I'll start fighting in areas where you're not fighting. And I say, wow, that's why God gave me this wife. Oh, man, are you talking about marriage? No. Because in God, I'm going to be very honest with you. There are times when I don't want to fight. There are times that I'm in the unknown and God this was going to happen to me. And I'm tired. I'm putting down my shield. I'm putting down my sword. But when you look at my covenant with God, guess what? There's another one that is greater than I, and he's fighting in the areas that I can't fight in. And he looks at me, and he says, have you not read the scripture? The battle belongs to the Lord. It's not yours. Praise God that I'm in covenant. I'm in covenant. Not by myself. That would be very egotistic of me, wouldn't it? So who'd you marry? <laughs> you know, I think there's people that do that. I married me. There was an old, old group, which I used to like, and they sang a song. I should have played it, but the song goes like this. It's just me, myself, and I. And the whole song is about me, myself, and I. And the whole song is about, guess what it's about? Me, myself. It's about them by themselves. Hey, it's not really about me, myself, and I. It's about me, but most importantly, God. And that's who we are in our covenant. And God has a part of the deal with Abraham here. Look at verses 4 through 8. It says this. He goes on. In verse 4, after he says this, as for me, as for me, God, I'm going to tell you what's my end of the deal. Ready? As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Thank God. I'm going to start saying Abraham. Okay? No longer should your name, should be, called, should your name be called Abram. I'm changing your name, which really doesn't mean much. But now your name shall be called Abraham. Everyone say Abraham. Yeah. You know what Abraham means? A father of many. Father of multitude. So, father, my son does a great job. You want to sing it with me? My, my, I, I just do this, and my son already knows. <laughs> father Abraham had many sons. You know the song. Many sons had Father Abraham. What is it? I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Write our Father. Uh, whatever. My son. So here he tells Abraham, you're going to have many kids, father of many. Look what he continues to tell him. Tell him. Verse 6, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. I'm 99 years old. Yeah, age ain't nothing but a number when it comes to God. And he says, I will make nations of you. Kings shall come from you. And I'm going to establish my covenant between what? I love this. I'm going to establish my covenant between what? Me and you're not in this alone, he tells Abraham. This whole covenant ordeal? It's between me and you, man. And your descendants after you in their generations. I love this. Our covenant is so serious that it trickles down to your children and to your children's children's children. <laughs> you take a field trip to Israel today and people are fighting in Israel because of a covenant issue. Because covenant from God is so thick. It means so much. Let me tell you why. Because God never makes a promise that he will never keep. If you read scripture, he's very serious about making promises you can't keep. I mean, there are curses to that kind of stuff. When you make a promise, when you say your word, let it be yes and keep it yes. If it's no, you keep it no. You make sure you stay true to that promise. And God made a promise to Abraham and everyone's trying to destroy Israel from the map. And what they don't understand is the reason why they'll never be able to destroy Israel is because God made a covenant with Israel. What do you mean Israel? Abraham, the father of Israel. That's why. 
So it goes on, and it keeps saying this. I'm going to establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after in the generations. And look what he says next. For an everlasting covenant. It's going to be everlasting. It's going to last forever, this covenant. To be God to you and to your descendants after you. And I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. I told you things are strange when it comes to God. You're a stranger here. This stuff is strange. What I'm telling you is strange. Everything's strange, but don't worry about it. Where you're standing at right now, I'm going to give this to you. And not only to you, ready? I'm going to give this to all your children forever. Hey, no army, all the ar- seriously, because it's going to happen one day, all the armies in the world could make up a big, massive army like it's going to happen one day and take a little field trip to Israel to bomb the heck out of them. Guess what? They're going to lose. Why? Because God says something here. He says, I've given you that land. They can't take over the land of God that he promised to Abraham. That's Abraham's land. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm going to give it to you, but you are a stranger at all the land of Israel, which is Canaan, as an everlasting possession. And look what he says next. And I will finally what? I will be what? What's God's desire? What is God's desire for his people? I will be what? Yeah, that's his desire for you. I will be their God. What, what an amazing passage. So that's God's part of the deal. God's deal. Stamped. Ready? What's Abraham's deal? Go to verse 9. Oh, here's my deal, part of the covenant. Verse 9. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you need to sign over here in this dotted line. As for you, you're going to keep my covenant. You're going to what? You're going to stay committed. You're going to keep this stuff. Like, like seriously. I knew I was preaching this message, so I, wore, I made sure I wore the right wedding ring. I always wear two different rings, but this is the real one, the one that I, I got married with, right? You, you get it. And he says, he says this, as for you, look what he tells him here. You're going to keep my covenant. Like, there, there's no other option. You, you keep it on. Like, it's, you stay committed to that thing. You walk it through. You, you keep going. You're going to keep this, and not only you're going to keep this, but guess who else is going to keep it? All of your what? All your kids. And all your kids' kids, your descendants. Throughout all their generations. Verse 10. And here's the covenant which you're going to keep. Ready? I'm going to keep my ends. You need to keep your ends. Ready? Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And he begins to explain what the circumcision is. Cut away. They're different than the rest of this land. They're different than everyone else. They're Their lives are cut away from everything that is filth, and they serve the one true and living God. Watch this. God says, I have a deal. I have a part in this covenant. Abraham, you have a part in this covenant. But God, I'm in the unknown. I don't know what is going to happen to me tomorrow. This Christianity, this walk, this serving you, God, man, it could be very hard, very difficult to remain. It's it's hard to continue in all the characteristics of Christ. I I, I feel like I can't abide by all the... Lord, it's difficult. And God's like, shh. Stay obedient. In your obedience as you walk into this covenant, into this unknown, stay in it. Stay committed in it. Stay committed to the covenant. I'm not going to read all of it. You could do it for homework. But in chapter 18, there's a promise that is given. Does anyone know in chapter 18 what the promise is? Here's Abraham. In his late 90s, ready to hit 100. He's about to hit that one. I mean, he was going to have an amazing party for his 100th birthday. And God comes up to him and shows up to him. Does anyone know what the Lord tells him? At a hundred years old, what does the Lord tell him? Um, Abraham, I'm back. But um, I got to tell you something now. Remember that promise I gave you a couple days ago? I'm going to make you an amazing, amazing multitude of children. All right, here we go. 99 years old. Abraham, 
He appears to him, and guess what he tells him in chapter 18? See that woman of yours, Sarah? Where is she? Oh, she's back there cooking some stew for us. Okay, watch this. By this time next year, your wife, uh, Sarah, she's going to be what? Pregnant. You know what Sarah was doing as she was cooking? You're crazy. Ha! Hey, let me tell you why she started laughing. Because sometimes God's will for our lives, it's funny, man. Like Mercy coming up here and sharing how God opened up a Bible class in a public school. That's fun. Like someone would have heard that years ago and laughed at her. Ah, that'll never happen. Oh, Regal, one day you're going to be a pastor of this church called New Life. Ha! <laughs> that'll never happen. <laughs> Strange. Why is she laughing, God says? See, because there's something about me that's different than you, man. He says, when I say something... <laughs> It gets accomplished. Sarah laughed. They got so frustrated that they messed up the whole thing almost, you know? They almost messed up the whole thing. Sarah had another girl that was kind of like her servant. She said, just take my servant. I'm never going to get pregnant. He has a kid with her. and It's a mess. Like, Abraham, if you would have just stayed committed to this whole thing, uh, you would have... Can I tell you something? This whole war between Islam and the Jews and all that, it could have all been solved if Abraham would have never laid with Hagar. But Abraham laid with Hagar. Sometimes we lay with Hagar. I mean that in the purest sense. Sometimes we lay with Hagar. And we what? We produce, right? Offspring, produce some things that God's like, I never even called you to produce that. Come on, who's your Hagar? Don't look to yours. You just stay up here. But some of you have some Hagar's. That you were never even supposed to put your foot in that door. You were never even to say, you, were, you weren't even to, supposed to say that word, go that route, make that decision, that choice. But you got frustrated, you got stressed. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What happened with Abraham? The unknown is hard. The unknown was so hard that, watch this, I got to have some sort of control. I got to make sure I, I take part of this. I, I can't wait. And, and what happens was in Abraham's unknown, he went outside of God's will and he tried to fix things out in a way that he thought it would work. And when you are in the unknown, you don't do anything but wait and trust in the Lord, our God. The Bible says it, wait, I am your God. Just wait. I bless those who wait on me. But he could not wait. He could not trust. He could not believe. So many, so many times when people talk, what do you think I should do next? I look at them. How many of you have had meetings with me? And this has been my counsel to you. Ready? Don't do anything. All you need to do is just what? Wait. Because sometimes I'm scared that if we go, we're going to lay with Hagar. And that's not a good thing. Because sometimes Hagar, that what we produce from Hagar becomes the biggest enemy which what God wants to produce in us and now we got these two children going at it when it was never supposed to be that way it was always supposed to be God's perfect will for your life but because we laid with Hagar now we got these two brothers who are in constant war you got your will versus God's will and your will and God's will are not going to mesh together it's either through Sarah or through Hagar pick today who will it be keep your covenant Stay committed. Stay with Sarah. Stay there. Don't look to the other tent. Stay right there. But Hagar looks good. I don't care. My covenant's better. Oh, man. 
None of that was supposed to be said today. In Hebrews chapter 11, I promise you. Actually, today's message is not that long. Watch this. In Hebrews chapter 11, I just read through it. God is so good. Verse 8 says this. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. It was through what? Faith. And he went without knowing where he was going. <laughs> like, come here. How many of you go somewhere without knowing where you're going? Like, I got dressed, I took shower and did all, well, I got shower and then dressed and I got in the car and like, I knew where I was going. I knew it. Don't get me wrong, there are times when I park at home and I'm like, I don't even remember one stop sign. One, how many of you do that? One red light. Out. That's a dangerous thing, but that's a whole other preaching. <laughs> I knew where I was going. I just didn't know how I got there. But I love that about God. Man, God just gave me something else. Because, you know, when it comes to God, you're not going to really know where you're going to go. You might have an idea. You might have this whole little agenda and set goals. But in reality, you're going to have the little defect that I have when I get in the car. It happens to me all the time. It'll happen to me today. I'll get in the car today, put on the radio, and I'll get home. I'll park. I'm like, how did I get here? And that's how the walk with God is sometimes. Sometimes you just get in the car. You let God drive. You open up your eyes, and you're in a place that you had no idea you would ever get to. And you say, how did I get here? I don't remember any red lights. I don't know if there was motorcycles or bicycles in the middle of the road. I don't know if I turned right or I turned left or I went through a red light. But know is I'm here and I have no idea how I got here and God looks at us and says absolutely that's what the unknown is all about. you get in the vehicle that I'm going to take you in I'm going to take you to another place that you have no idea where it's going to be but guess this watch this the moment that I open up your eyes so you could see the evidence and the results of what I'm going to do in you you're not even going to know how you got there and the beauty is because I'm going to show you that all of that in between stage I was with you and I was keeping you safe you never needed to know how you had to do it because the whole time, I knew what I needed to do for you. My God. Get out of here, man. That's God. That's, that's God. That's, that's who we serve. Can I just get comfortable for a second? That's who we serve. My Lord. So watch this. It says this. He, he went without knowing where he was going. That's the unknown, guys. That's the unknown. Verse 9. And even when he reached the land that God promised him, <laughs> like me, when I reached my house. But I love this. Watch this. How did I get here? And God's like, you got here because I what? Because I promised it to you. The only reason why Abraham got there is because God promised it to him. And it says that he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, his children and his grandchild who inherited the same promise. Verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward. Man, that's good. I, could, I don't want to preach on that, but that's good. He was confidently looking forward. Come here, church, come here. Are you confidently looking forward? Because I just shared a verse 10 minutes ago. You can't look back because the kingdom is not for those people. Confidently looking forward to what? To a city with eternal foundations designed and built by God. He lived there by faith. He, 
He stayed committed in these verses. Church, you stay by faith. You remain committed. Everyone say, why? Because you're not in this alone. You're in covenant. Everyone say, with who? With your God. That's who. Verse 11. It was by faith even Sarah was able to have a child. You better believe it. Listen to me. 99 years old? That's faith. We'll keep it appropriate today. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was good as dead. Who was good as dead. This whole... This whole nation came through this one man who was what? Come on, church, just really catch it. Just really catch it. All these blessings came through this one man who was what? Who was what? I am as good as dead. Because the one who works it, the one who is really honored, the one who is the blessed one is really God who does it. I'm just as good as dead. <laughs> it's God. You're just as good as dead. It's God. And what an amazing verse. What an amazing way of putting this. A nation came out with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. There is no way to count them. There's no way Abraham did that. But you know how Abraham did it? Because there was a covenant and God was in the other side of the covenant. You want to know how you do it? Because there's a covenant and it's not about your strength. It's not about your might. not about your power. The unknown is hard, but you get through it because in the covenant, in the other side, God is there. And I promise you this, God is better, stronger, mightier, all-knowing. He's better than you. I praise God that I am in a covenant with someone that is greater than me. I praise God. And then he goes on, and this is why we stay committed. This is why we stay committed. Everyone on verse 13? It says, all these people died. All these descendants of Abraham died. Still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. 14, obviously people who say such things are looking forward. Everyone say it with me. Looking forward. That's how we are. That's how we do. We just what? Look forward. What does Paul say we look forward to? To the what? To the upward what? The prize, the upward call of God, the prize that is waiting for me. I look forward to the call. I look forward to the prize. I look forward. That's what we're called to look forward to. Man. Looking forward to a country they could call their own. I can't wait. Watch this. I live in a townhouse. I don't even own it. Don't. And one day I might own a house here, but I guess what? I really don't even own that either. Anything could come and take it away from me. But when I get to eternity, (laughs) and I walk into that place, God says, welcome. Everything that is mine is now yours. And I begin to own heavenly real estate that I thought, I'm as good as dead. How did I get this honor? And God says what? Because I'm in covenant with you. That's how you do this. It says here, they could have gone back. Everyone say, I could go back. Oh, that was a weak attendance. Uh, Help from those in attendance. Everyone say, I could have gone back, or I could go back. I could go back. Yeah, listen, they could have gone back, but do we go back? They could have gone back, verse 16, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. He prepared a city for them. They they could, like I love that the author of Hebrews wrote that. Don't get me wrong, church, (laughs) the author of Hebrews says. 
Don't get me wrong, beloved, he writes. They could have gone back to their old life, to their old ways. To their own. They could have gone back to Hagar. They could have gone back to that lifestyle. They could have gone back to having power and control. They could have done it, but watch this, verse 16. But they didn't because they were looking forward for a better place. Hey, hey, you don't look back. You look what? You're in covenant. Man, she looks good. I'm in covenant. Man, that God looks good. I'm in covenant. Everything about us is in covenant with one who is greater. Covenant. How many of you can say amen? You can go back. Abraham could have gone back. His offspring could have gone back, but all of them lived there by faith. And like we shared last week, man, there is an obedience that is required to survive this unknown. But there's also this covenant that we can never lose hope. We can never take our eyes off it. We're in covenant, church, with the Lord. Listen, we remain committed. We don't walk away from what has been given to us and what has been promised to us. And everything in between, we don't do it. We don't get rid of it. We don't do it. I'm going to skip a section because I want to really get to this part. Everyone, I'm going to end in about, seriously, like five minutes. Go to Genesis chapter 15 with me. I hope this blesses you. This is what I'm going to end with. In Genesis 15, can everyone put their eyes on verse 7? Get ready to be blessed. Here is where it all began, the covenant with Abraham and God. Ready? This is so good. When I, when I read this, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for Sunday. Like, this verse is what messed me up to get here today. Here it is. And then he said to Abraham, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur. Ur. Everyone say Ur. Yeah, just say it. And I came to give you this land to inherit it. Like, thank God he took him out of Iraq. Like, who wants to live there? Like, I take you out of Iraq. I'm taking you out of Turkey. I'm taking you to Israel. To give you this land, Israel. Verse 8. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Like, duh, he said it. That's enough. But watch this. And he said to him, do me a favor, Abraham. Look what he says. Bring me a three-year-old heifer. A three-year-old female goat. Bring me a three-year-old ram. um, A turtle dove. And a young pigeon. Bring me some animals. Verse 10. So he brought all of these to God and he cut them in two. That doesn't sound too good. There's a reason for that. And when the vultures came down and the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Verse 12. Now when the sun was going down, there was a deep sleep and it fell upon Abraham. And behold, there was horror and the great darkness that fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, God said this, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers, strange, strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. Anyone know what he's talking about here? Israel's going to be where for 400 years? Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of stick your children in a place called Egypt, and they're going to afflict them there. They're going to hurt your kids really bad. It's not a good deal, God. It's not a good covenant. Why are you going to do that to my kids? Verse 14, and also this nation whom they serve, I'm going to judge them. I'm going to judge them after, and they shall come out with the great possessions, your children. Verse 15, as for you, though, you go to your fathers in peace, and 
You will be buried at a good old age. This is not going to be your time. This is going to be your children's time. Don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here where you're standing at. Where is he standing at? In Canaan. What's Canaan? Israel. I'm going to bring them back to Israel. Okay, I'm going to bring them back. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Verse 17. And it came to pass when, when the sun went down and it was dark... And here's what I want to talk about. Behold, there appeared a smoking oven or a smoking furnace. And there was a burning torch. And it passed between the two pieces. Remember why the two pieces? Because the animals were what? They were cut in half. So it passed between them. And on that same day, on that same day, the Lord made a what? Made a covenant with Abraham. And this is what he told Abraham. To your descendants I have given this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the river of Euphrates. The Canaanites, the Can- okay, and all those people. They're all out of there. It's all yours. Which Israel still has some land to possess. They're not done possessing land. Amen? We fight for Israel here in this church. Now watch this. I'm going to end now. That's a few minutes. Here's where it all began. Bring some animals. We're going to do a covenant. You see, you got to understand. Covenants were made a little different back then. Nowadays, we make a covenant. We do what? We sign a piece of paper or we all what? Shake hands. Our word is bond. But in these days, covenants were made a little bit different. You brought your salt or your sand with your bag in it and your bag with that sand in it. And I bring my bag and we bring one neutral bag. And I pour all of that. That's why me and my wife had two different containers. Anyone do that? did that when they got married? We had two different colors, and we, together we poured them into what? One container, and that's why you see in our house two different color sands, because that's an Old Testament covenant. And what it is is, but this is the part that we didn't do, because we like the whole spiral look in, our, in, our, in the middle of our living room. But they would grab that bag, and they would shake it. I should have done that today. They shake it, and then they open it, and they say, now try to take your grain away from my grain. You're going to know that that is what? Impossible. How will we ever tell which was mine and which was yours in every single grain? Guess what God will say next? That's exactly what a covenant is. You're never able to disconnect. You keep that and it's forever. Nothing about you will ever be able to take back what's yours and theirs what's theirs. Like it's impossible. Another way that they used to make covenants was they would bring forth these offerings and they would cut them in half and they would put them on two different sides. And the two people that were in agreement, watch this, would walk in between the two dead animals. When they make it to the end, they would look at each other, and guess what they would say next? Ready? So be it with one of us if we break our covenant. I think I'm going to keep it. I should have done that one with my wife. No. (laughs) I don't think that would have gone good. I would have been on the news. But think about that for a moment. So here's Abraham. He's like, all right. Let's get this covenant started. Well, Lord, how do I believe? Come here. How many of you have been in the unknown? And you're like, God, but how do I know you're there? I know I have. God, I really don't feel you, smell you, taste you, sense you, hear you. How do I know you're there? He's like, how do I know I'm there? How do I know I'm going to do this? Bring me some animals. He cuts them in half. Abraham falls into a sleep, wakes up with horror. And what he sees next is, is pretty amazing. He sees one thing called a smoking furnace or a smoking oven. 
And then he sees a burning torch or a burning lamp walking through these splitted animals. And then I looked at this and I said, well, what in the world is a smoking oven? What is this smoking furnace? Well, guess what it was? The smoking furnace signified the affliction of Israel, the seed of Abraham that they were going to have in Egypt. I'm going to end. Just, just, this is what I'm going to wrap it up with. Matthew Henry says it this way. They were there in the smoke in Egypt. Their eyes were darkened. They could not see to the end of their troubles. And they themselves were at a loss to conceive what God would do with them. Clouds and darkness were all around them and about them. Watch this. When you enter the unknown, church, when you enter the unknown, it can be just like this at times. Catch this. You feel like clouds of darkness are all around you. You can't see. You, you feel like your eyes have been darkened. You're troubled. You say things like this. God, what in the heck are you doing? Huh? I want to say so much. Why would God show them a smoking furnace in the midst of the covenant? Because God is telling Abraham, listen. In the unknown, there's going to be difficult moments for you. Come here. In the unknown, you're going to go through some trials. In the unknown, you're going to go through some smoking, cloudy, some nasty, some gucky, some, some stuff that you're going to wish you could walk away from. That's what the unknown is about. Watch this. In the unknown, you're going to experience the smoking oven. <laughs> but guess what, guys? The smoking oven wasn't the only thing that walked through the two animals. Something else walked through. What was it? A burning torch, a.k.a. a burning lamp. You know what that represents? That represents comfort and affliction. You see, when you look at light, light talks about deliverance. What do you mean? Deliverance in the furnace. Their salvation was a lamp that burns. Isaiah 62.1, Zion's sake, I'm not going to keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet. Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, look what Isaiah says next. And her salvation will be as a what? As a burning torch. When God came down to deliver the children of Israel, does anyone know how he appeared? To Moses, he appeared in a what? In a bush that burned but was not consumed. This burning light, this burning torch, this burning lamp. It's God's word that scripture teaches us. His word is a lamp in our path to our feet. And it was the same thing for Abraham in his covenant. It was a light that was shining in a dark place. The burning lamp talks about the destruction as well of Israel's, un Israel's en enemies. And how that torch was going to destroy, in Zechariah 12, the enemies of Israel. So I start to think about this as I end today. And this is what I think about. Ready? I'm in covenant with God. You're in covenant with God. The covenant is placed. We're in the unknown. And the unknown is difficult. We experience 
in the unknown hardships in this church there are some people that just in the last weeks months have experienced some very hard difficult hardships but the passing of these two things between the pieces was confirming this covenant that God made with Abraham and what he was teaching them was something so important what he was teaching them was this I know that at times when you're in the unknown you feel like everything that's around you is a smoking furnace but I don't want you to lose hope church I want you to look to your side because standing right next to your furnace stands a burning lamp that shines in the midst of darkness see when you're in covenant with God when you are in the unknown and God has made this stuff established this stuff in us and you feel like all that you have is a furnace I tell you today church to stay committed yes there's a smoking oven but don't ever lose hope because if you look very closely there's also a burning torch and it reminds me of Psalms 118.6 like I read last week the Lord is on my side whom shall I fear when you feel the smoking furnace in your unknown church find hope Grab arms with the burning light that shines in the midst of that covenant. Oh, Pastor Rigo, I'm in the furnace. But guess who else is in the furnace with you? A torch that, that shines brighter than the darkness of that furnace. That's it. That's it. I don't even have to take you back to the three Hebrew men, do I? They were in the furnace. It was dark. It was hot. Quick question, were they in God's will? Sometimes the furnace is part of God's will. How do you know when the furnace is part of God's will? When the light is there with you. King Nebuchadnezzar, we have a problem. What is it? The three Hebrew men, are they dead? Dancing. They're singing. In the midst of the darkness? Yes. What is going on? The problem is there's another one with them and he's in the image of the Son of God. What? King, in the midst of darkness, there's a light that shines brighter that is keeping them alive. And the answer is, church, that's exactly what the unknown is. The unknown can be a dark place, but don't get me wrong. The light always wins. The light always shines brighter. The light will always take you past the furnace. Man, 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 man. Stand with me. Stand with me as we close off. Church, stay committed because the light is with you. Stay committed. The light is with you. Man, I feel the furnace. I feel the oven. For some of you, it's gotten really... Hey, hey, real quick. How many of you has the unknown at times gotten really hot at times? I love the stories that you guys tell me. My child's sick. I 
just got laid off. This person died. But then I come to church on Sunday, and they're still here. You got laid off. Your child is sick. Your loved one just died. That situation just happened. This stuff over here really sucks. Everything wrong is going on. But then you come on Sunday, and I say, how do you do it, new life? And the answer is, Pastor Rigo, because in the furnace, there's a light that shines brighter. In my furnace, Christ is greater. So in your covenant, in the unknown, yes, it's difficult, but yes, it's also greater because the light of Christ is with those he loves. Come on, let's worship our God. Come on. Sing it with all your heart. Lord, you're with me. You're with me in the unknown. Yes. message spoke to you you're in the unknown and man you're in covenant with God and there's no breaking it there's no walking away from it it's forever and as you meditate on your heart as you examine your life 
you've recognized that in the unknown, in God's call, in His will, there's times where it gets really hot. There are times when the furnace is burning hard. But the light has never left you. It walks right beside you. And the light shines bright. And that light, in the midst of that covenant, in the midst of the unknown, it reminds you, I'm with you. Don't ever give up. Don't ever let go. Don't ever look back. Don't ever go back. Keep going forward. Keep looking straight. For the light is with you. And I promise you, oh, look up to the heavens for your light. Your light drives near. And one day, we will go to a place where it's all light, where there needs to be no more sun, where there needs to be no more moon, where I am the light, and I will shine in my glory. I am with you, church, in the unknown, the Lord tells you. I shine in the midst of your darkest hour. Yes, you know. Yes, things can be strange. But I will take you to where I want you to be. Lord, continue to drive. Continue to take me. Continue to lead me. Continue to guide this church into the unknown. The light shineth brighter. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Can you give God some praise? Oh, praise the one who in my death light is also there enter the unknown stay in it stay in covenant like we said last week as you remain obedient in it we love you here i want you guys to remember that on wednesday we're going to do this over again and pray and cry out to god together see you wednesday right here 7 30 p.m love you guys look at the person next to you give them a high five Give them a hug, a kiss if you can, if it's legal, and tell them you are what? You are loved.